Happy Sunday, Shoreline City. How's everybody hey. feeling today? It's going to be an amazing, wonderful day. I got the most beautiful woman in the entire world on my right, your left, my wife, whom I love, love so much. You look amazing. Uh, she just celebrated her birthday. I'm not going to tell you how old she is, but y'all were getting up there. But black don't crack. Okay? She looks like she's 24 years old. So, so glad all of you are with us today. We are one church in four locations. Let's welcome. We've got North Dallas, Bishop Arts, yes. Oak Cliff. We've got this White Rock. We've got Antigua. Everybody clapping for everybody. One family. It has been beautiful to see what God is doing. Can't wait to see the future, all that's going to happen. Hey, we're continuing our relationship series today. This is the final installment of the relationship series. Have you had a good time with it, honey? It's been awesome. I've enjoyed I love it. it. I've enjoyed it. I pray your hearts have been encouraged as well. So Nick and I are going to be up here together today and just talk through some things. So, hey, go ahead and grab your Bible or go grab your notebook or pen or whatever so we can make sure we dig into the scriptures and learn and grow. Now, honey, today is our daughter's birthday. You know this. She is four, four years old today, our youngest. And we had our birthday party yesterday, and it was an amazing experience during the party. Then afterwards. Keyword, during the party. It was terrible. Okay, it was terrible. Uh, after the party, it was After terrible. the party, yeah. She cried. Well, how, how much did well, she cry? Well, it was too much sugar. You know when you just give a child too much sugar? In the moment, you're like, you can have whatever you want. But then the drive home, she had a meltdown upon meltdowns. Like, we had to pull over that kind of meltdown. The, the sugar made her crazy. Mm-hmm. So, like, literally. Yeah, literally. Yeah, it did. So it took the... Because we just poured it out for her, this four-year-old party. It was practically a bridal shower. <laughs> It's my only girl. And so the boys, they get like pizza. And Nerf you know, guns. And Nerf guns. Mm-hmm. But Elle, we just, we just do it up. Mm-hmm. Target, y'all. Best party secrets ever. But anyways, <laughs> with that said, so we just poured it out for her. And then the drive home, she has a legitimate breakdown, meltdown. And it, was, it took the joy away. Yep. So I burned all of her toys. All of them. I'm not laughing, y'all. I burned all of them. No, we did, actually can't do that. Parents don't. We want to. <laughs> Every now and then. Come on. Don't leave me up here by myself. Every now and then you're like, you know what? I'm going to burn all your stuff while you, and make you watch it. But, uh, but you don't do it because you go to jail for stuff like that. Okay? So you don't but actually you do it, that. But you, then you yeah. just hold it together and you're like, okay. No, no. I'm not going to say I'm what I really think. I'm the adult here. I'm the adult. I'm the adult here. I'm in charge. I'm in charge. <laughs> That's what we have to say to our four-year-old because she thinks she's in charge. Mm-hmm. And so we have to just remind her. Yeah, we created this though, didn't we? We created it. Hey, we got to get into some relationship stuff here. We just were getting healing ourselves while we're up here talking. <laughs> write this down. Write this down if you're taking notes. Um, the embarrassment barrier. The embarrassment barrier. And I want to just say something real quick, which is this talk isn't just about if you're dating, if you're married. These relationship series that we've been in, this is the last chapter of it this week. But it's navigating relationships in life, Mm -hmm. like coworkers, team members, classmates, family. So just apply it to whatever season you're in. But it's some gold. So the embarrassment barrier. Uh, On the other side of your embarrassment and mine, at all of our locations, on the other side of your embarrassment and mine, is your freedom, okay? Your freedom lies on the other side of that. And here's a really, really simple way for you to understand the the truth around this embarrassment barrier. 
if you don't tell us what's actually going on, then we don't know how to help. Okay? If you don't tell us what's actually taking place, what you're actually struggling with, what you're actually dealing with, then we don't know how to help. And the we I'm talking about here is not like we, the church, quote unquote. I'm meaning we, the community that God has brought around you. If people don't really know what's going on, then people don't know how to don't know how to help and push you forward. So I want to read this passage of scripture here and let's see if we can make sense out of this mark. Chapter 8, we're going to begin reading in verse number 22. It says, they came to Bethsaida, and some people brought a blind man and begged Jesus to touch him. He took the blind man by the hand and led him outside the village. When he had spit on the man's eyes, interesting, and put his hands on him, Jesus asked, do you see anything? He looked up and said, I see people. They look like trees walking around. Once more. Jesus put his hands on the man's eyes. Then his eyes were opened. His sight was restored, and he saw everything clearly. Okay, so um, this is a couple of years into Jesus' ministry, okay? He started it when he was around 30 years old, and now he's, say, 32-ish or so. And so fame, uh, his name has, has gotten out there, and people understand that God is using him. He's a prophet. He's this leader. Uh, So these friends, at least how I read it, these friends bring their blind friend to Jesus. And they bring him and they begin to beg, Jesus, please heal our friend. Heal our friend. Heal our friend. Please help him. Help him. Help him. Just so you know, this is what we do for our friends, right? We go to God on their behalf and we ask the God of heaven to move. And he actually loves to do this. We see that Jesus reaches out his hand toward this blind man, leads him outside the village. Then they get out there, and Jesus does something unique. He spits on him. Okay? <laughs> Don't try this unless the Lord, like, is really leading you in a moment. <laughs> and you better be sure, too. You better be sure. <laughs> I felt the Lord told me to do that. <laughs> That's just dumb. So anyway, he, he, he spits on him, and then he lays hands on the man. In verse 24, he asks the man a question. Do you see anything? Here is the moment of truth, okay? Because all of us just read this. We know, we know that the man did not receive his total and complete and the fulfillment of his healing in this first moment. We know that the man ended up seeing people and they look kind of like trees, But Jesus asks him the question, what do you see? Do do you see anything? And this man is willing to go beyond his embarrassment of it didn't quite work the way I think you wanted it to work. And he says what is actually going on. And because he says what's actually going on, Jesus then goes ahead and completes the work that he began. Many of us, Jesus is asking us, do you see anything? Is there anything going on? Your accountability partners, your friends are asking you, is there anything going on? How are your finances? How is your heart? How is your marriage? How's your job? How's your single life? And you and I choose in this critical moment to just pretend like we see everything perfectly and that's the reason many of us are not walking in our freedom right now is because we weren't willing to be honest with what we actually saw are you willing 
Are you willing to move beyond the embarrassment? Because if you're willing to move beyond the embarrassment and say, this is what is actually happening. I can't get my money together. I can't get my thought life together. I'm struggling at my job. I'm having a hard time in this marriage. And I know on Instagram it looks perfect. But in reality, I'm struggling in this thing right here. If you're willing to be honest, that's where your freedom is on the other side of that honesty. Accountability is only as good as your transparency. Okay? So if you're not willing to actually be transparent... Don't tell me you have an accountability partner. That's good. I love when people are like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, we're dating, we're dating. We got an accountability couple. All right, okay. Oh, we got these mentors. We got these mentors in our life. Okay, business leaders. Oh, I got these business leaders. They're mentoring me. Oh, okay, great. Are you honest with them? Because if you're not honest, then either God's going to have to reveal it to them or you're going to have to tell them what's actually going on. And I want us to be a church that is willing to push beyond that embarrassment barrier so we can actually get the healing and the freedom that God designed for us so we can reflect his goodness and his glory everywhere we go. So that, that was the first one. Now my wife got something. Honey, you got to share this. I'm so excited about it. I will. I will. I'm going to talk a little bit about hiding behind our pain. We all have pain We all deal with pain. It's a regular part of life that we can't run away from, that we can't avoid. But sometimes what happens is we hide behind it. Instead of stepping out from in front of it to gain healthy perspective. I think about our little girl, Elle. We have this tradition as a family on Christmas Eve. We play hide and seek, so we hide in different parts of the house. And when she's hiding, we all see her. But she thinks she's hiding But we see her clear as day. And that same thing happens with our pain. When we hide behind it, we think we're covered. We think no one can see it. But everyone sees that we're hiding behind it. And so this morning, I'm praying that we would find freedom in just stepping out in truth, in honesty, being vulnerable, being authentic, taking the filters off. Because sometimes we try to put filters like the kind on Instagram on our pain and thinking it's just blending in. But if you zoom in close enough, you can see it. And so I think that there's freedom found when you step out from it. And so many times, whatever has happened to us, sometimes we glorify and magnify either what we're going through or what happened to us in the past, or we spiral and create pain that we haven't even stepped into yet. Have you ever done that where you have one thought that leads to another thought that leads to another thought? And before you know it, you're upset about something that hasn't even happened yet. Yeah, y'all are with me. You know, we're not, we don't have it all together in here. And that's what we do with our pain. But God says in Exodus 20 verse 3, you shall have no other gods before me. And so we have to take pain off the altar of our lives Because we bow down to pain and we worship our pain many times. But God is saying, take it off the altar. Only I belong on the throne. And when you worship me, when you trust me, it gives you perspective while walking through the pain. Could be physical pain. Could be emotional pain. Not, I'm not saying to skip around and act like you're not in pain. That's not what we're saying at all. But what I'm saying is make sure that pain is not on the throne. And even that simple act of God, I'm in real pain right now, 
but I want you to be on the throne of my heart. I want you to be first in my life, not this pain. It gives you the grace to walk through and navigate the pain. Life is filled with people disappointing us, people letting us down, people hurting us, people telling us something that they're going to do, then not doing it. Being a Christian doesn't mean that we get a, a pain discount. We just don't. And I think that that's why we get anxiety sometimes. That's why we get depressed sometimes. Some of the times is because we're not, we're hiding behind our pain and we're trying to put this facade that we have it all together because I'm a Christian and I can't tell you that I'm really hurting because then you'll think that I'm not reading my scriptures or having a quiet time. But the reality is when you hold all that up on the inside of you, it makes you sick. And so let's not hide. Let's step out. Let's recognize it. Even this weekend when I was praying and preparing to talk with all of us today, I said, God, have free reign in my heart. Whatever hurt that I might be holding on to from someone who disappointed me, who said that they were something that they weren't, all the things, come. I want to come out from that. And I just want to release it. Because once I release that having authority in my life, I give God permission to invade my life and to bring me healing. Yeah, let's hi- let's stop hiding because people see it anyways. Yep. Comes out in your comments on your Instagram posts. Comes out in your facial expressions when nobody's looking. It's it's coming out. People see it. So might as well just recognize it and say, God. You're on the throne of my heart. Man, that is so life-giving. Thank you for sharing that. Well, you guys also wrote in a bunch of questions, okay? So at all of our locations, Bishop Arthur Cliff and North Dallas and White Rock, everybody wrote in all of these questions. And we can't obviously get to all of them, but we kind of lumped them into some themes. Uh, first theme that seemed to come up a lot, and if, you have, if there are parents at any of our locations, give earmuffs to your kids for just a second. Earmuffs. I'm giving you time for earmuffs right now. I'm giving you time for earmuffs. Sex. Y'all want to ask about sex a lot, okay? So praise God for a healthy church, praying it's in the context of marriage. Uh, So y'all didn't laugh as much as you needed to. People are getting uptight at all of our locations right now. (laughs) Like, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh. He's looking at me right now. Um. So here's the question. Here's the question. Advice for remaining abstinent in a dating relationship and setting healthy boundaries. Honey, you want to go first or you want me to go? I think you should go. What you shared before Okay, okay. I'll I'll tell you this. I'll tell you this. Uh, In the Garden of Eden, okay, in the book of Genesis, uh, we see that there's Adam and Eve, okay, and God uh, has made them in his likeness. Then the enemy comes in, the serpent comes in and says, hey, God doesn't want you to eat that because he knows you're going to be like him. God had already promised them and made them in his likeness. Now, the enemy is actually offering something that God has already given. But this other twist that the enemy was putting on it was this. You can really be your own God. You can run things yourself. Why do you need to come under the authority of God? And this is the question that every one of us at every one of our locations has to wrestle with. Who is going to be in charge of your life? Is it going to be you or is it going to be God? And you get to make that choice. Now, uh, there are parts in the Bible, I'm thinking of even the book of Joshua, it's like, hey, choose this day whom you're going to serve. You get to choose. Do you want it to be your own finite self and your own limited understanding? 
Or do you want it to be the God of heaven who has no beginning and has no end? It is more for you than you're for yourself. We've been talking a lot about, you know, Elle today. And why not? Let's do it one more time. She's four years old. And she thinks she knows what's best for her. And she's convinced of it. She's so convinced sometimes she will fall on the floor and... Do an interpretive dance. That's really a tantrum. Yeah, great way of putting it. It's like, oh, your daughter's doing another interpretive dance, honey. Uh, here. You better cut that interpretive dance out right now before you... Never mind. We... Uh, before I give you a timeout. So you, you have to understand in her mind, she thinks she knows what's best. We are her parents. We know what's best for her. And you and I are looking at God going, God, come on. I, I need this. God, you don't, you don't want me, you, you, you don't want me to, to be you know, stifling this area of my life. Come on, God. I got to make sure we're going to be compatible when we get married. Come on, God. I want, and just so you know, everything's going to be fine there, okay? The other things you need to be concerned about are character and honesty and integrity and their love for Jesus. There's a lot of other things to be thinking about. That other stuff is going to work just fine. What we need to do is make sure we come under the authority of God in this area. And I know this is not popular. I know in our day and age, this is sounding so archaic. It's sounding like, what are you talking about? It is 2019. But I'm just telling you, the scriptures aren't changing based on culture. The scriptures are the scriptures so that God can be our guide and help us become who he destined for us to be. Because he's more for us than we're for ourselves. So good. So good. And I think any of this all boils down to self-control. It really does. And I think that we think, well, once you get married, temptation goes away. I'm not going to need to practice self-control because I'm now married and I have access to whatever I need. But self-control can be learned while dating because the bottom line is there's going to be someone more handsome than you, someone prettier than you, someone who just seems appealing in that moment. And so if you practice self-control while dating or just in life in general, it helps you when you have your weekdays. I have so many, I know so many Christians who struggle in that area, even that are married. And so I think sometimes we believe this hype that, oh, just when you get married, you no longer have temptation. But that's not the truth. And so if we can learn self-control before we get married, or this can be a fresh start and we can say, I I didn't know any of this stuff. Like when I was um, growing up, I knew none of what he is talking about. I, I knew none of it. And it wasn't until I fully surrendered my life to Christ and said, God, Every area that I have, every desire that I have, all of it, it belongs to you, and I'm going to need your help with it. But I'm so grateful that someone shared it with me, so we're sharing it with you. We submit it to you, but I trust you. It will be a game changer in how you approach your life. Yeah, yeah, that's so, so good. So, so good. Now, again, there's no shame. No. No guilt. We, We are not mad at you. God's not even mad at you. He's so ridiculously for you. And today can be a fresh start in every single one of our lives, okay? So as Onika is sharing, she didn't know this stuff when she was growing up. I recognize a lot of us at all of our locations might not know this, but we want to still train you and teach you because we know what is on the other side of your obedience. Oh, my goodness, your mind is going to be blown at all that God is going to do in you and through you. Okay, honey, let's go to this next one. What should a friendship look like? 
when one is following Christ and the other isn't. Yeah, I was able to be a beneficiary of that, actually, because the way that I came to know Jesus was through a friendship. One of my coworkers befriended me. We became best friends, and she was passionately in love with Jesus, surrendered life, just lived, just amazing young girl. And I was a hot mess. I was partying and just didn't go to church, didn't know who I was in Christ, but she pursued me as a friend, and it was actually her friendship that made me want to fall in love with Jesus and made me want to go to church. I just watched her life. She didn't quote scriptures to me. She didn't write scriptures on my mirror when she'd come over and just leave them. She, she was just normal. But her life, it inspired me to want to do something different. Because what I was doing wasn't working anyways. And so she wasn't perfect. She let me see her mistakes, her flaws. But she was in pursuit of Christ. And it compelled me to want to come to church with her. But she would invite me all the time. All the time. I'd always say no. Until that one Sunday when my heart was ready. And I've never looked back. My life has never been the same. So I say all that to say, all of, we ha- all of us have friends that don't know Christ. But the um, problem is when we dumb ourselves down. Because we want to be relatable and we don't want them to feel judged. So then we water ourselves down. And then before we know it, then you become not strong anymore. And so be who you are. Be fully leaned in, but be praying under your breath at every interaction because you never know when their hearts are going to be ready. I'm sure she was praying for me constantly. I didn't even know she was praying for me. But at that right moment, I said, I'm going to come to church with you. Changed my life. Now, when, uh, yeah, thank you so much uh, for sharing that. When Onika first gave her heart to Jesus, she was all in, right? So she had all of her girlfriends, they were running around doing all their stuff that those girls used to do. And the meal would come and she would tell all of her friends, stop, you can't eat yet. We got to pray. We got to pray. We got to pray. I I just, because here's the deal. (laughs) She she kind of got aggressive. She got aggressive. I'm I'm balanced now, but... But I needed to swing the whole other way because the way I was swinging was not healthy. So I needed to swing the whole other side of the um, spectrum. And then I leveled out. (laughs) So uh, I can even think about my friends. I go back and I'm like, man, I kind of came on real hard. I was like, hey, why are you watching that movie? Would Jesus be watching that movie? If he was sitting there next to you, he would not be pleased. If you got hit by a car right now, are you, are you going to go to heaven or hell? You tell me right now. And it came from a sincere place, but it just was like, oh, okay, no, man, we're just going to play ball, okay? We're just going to hoop for a second. Jesus attracted sinners. He attracted them. Why? Authentic love. Still spoke truth. But authentic love, you don't have to change or save anyone. But you and I do need to be utterly surrendered to God and allow him to flow through us and speak through us. And as we keep following in his footsteps, as the spirit gives us every ounce of grace that we need, you will be shocked at the things that you don't even realize are speaking to those who are in your world. But let us not, as Onika said, dumb ourselves down and we begin to water ourselves down so much so we don't become offensive. Don't worry about not being offensive. Just think about living a life in love with Jesus and watch how that spills off spills off onto everyone else around you.
I want to say one thing with that too. And don't wait till you feel like you're perfect to invite them. Invite them in your brokenness because God's the one who's going to handle their heart anyways. So invite them in your brokenness. And if you're at, just real talk, if you're out drunk with a friend, but you know you're coming to church the next day, bring them with you. God can handle that. That doesn't afraid, that doesn't upset him. That's so good. That's so good. I'm yeah. glad you said that. I see somebody sleeping right now. They're going, I love this church. <laughs> no, number three, number three, number three, number three. Okay. How do you, and this is a question to uh, you and I, honey. How do you uh, keep a healthy marriage while raising a family and running the way you both do? <laughs> so I was reading that thinking, I guess somebody thinks we're running a lot. Well, we are. Yeah, okay. yeah it's the truth. How? how? How do we do it? How do we I would say, um, number one, we do not have it all together. We will never profess perfection. We will never get up here and lie to you and tell you that every day we're floating on a cloud, singing psalms over one another, and that we live in perfect harmony at all times. It's just not true. And anybody who says it's true, run. <laughs> but one thing that I do feel like we do well, we've been married for 22 years now, 22 which years. is amazing. Gone by fast. And to give you hope out there, we both were raised by single moms. So neither one of us have seen marriage done well. And so it's a miracle. Like, this is a straight-up miracle, so there's hope for you. No matter what you've seen growing up, there's hope for you. But one thing that we put to practice very regularly, and you can put this to practice in your friendships, if you lead a team, if you lead a staff, if you run a business, um, if you teach a class, is just being honest and keeping short accounts and just not being a stuffer. Nobody wants to be around a stuffer because at the end of the day, you end up exploding anyways because you're not meant to keep it all in. And so we tell each other, when you did this, it made me feel this way. I'm upset because you did this. Like we have those kinds of conversations regularly and that helps our relationship because we're not holding on to anything. I'm not expecting Earl to guess how he offended me. You should know. If you really loved me. If you really, if you were like, you should just know. I shouldn't have to tell you that. I don't do that with him because he doesn't know. You don't. I mean, you're amazing, but you don't know. But the way you said that, it just, (laughs) like had a little something extra on it. That's what I felt. I felt like there was like, (laughs) he don't know. That's what I felt like. (laughs) Well, it's true. (laughs) It is true. I'm okay with that. I'm okay. I just didn't know you're going to say it in front of everybody like that. (laughs) Tell them something I do that gets on your nerves, though. Tell them. Like one of the five things. Okay. I'll be honest. Um, This whole thing. Yeah, no, no. That's right. Be honest. Be honest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, Earl, you're amazing and I love you. (laughs) Lather, shave, lather. (laughs) But he is, I feel, he's a very disciplined person. Disciplined to a T. I think you should have probably been a missionary because he can just like go without, just not need anything and just passionate and let's just change the world. If I just have a bag of nuts and an airplane ticket, I can just go lead people, lead the lost. He's just very... A bag of nuts and an airplane <laughs> ticket? It's true. That is funny. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but he doesn't require a lot. He's a very low maintenance, disciplined person. And That's some, kind of you to say. That's a compliment. It was you. true. Yeah, you're very low maintenance. But with that, he's also can be very intense at times, 
where I'm like, let's just slow down. Let's just talk and have a conversation and let's just dream. And he's like, there's a world dying out there. People do. He's just, and so sometimes that intensity, it, um, it's just not always nice to live with. <laughs> but I'm thankful for your passion. Yes, yes. Yeah. Okay. Do you well, ask me? Yeah, now let me share something. So, <laughs> we, uh, She's perfect and wonderful no, in I'm so not, many ways. I'm not perfect yes. at all. Yeah. Um, but talk about being a stuffer. Many times I would not share what I'm actually feeling because I did not like the response that I was going to get and how I was going to have to manage the response I was going to get. Yeah. So I would say I would rather just deal with this myself. I'll work through it. I'll process through it. I'll, uh, I'll digest it. I'm not going to bring it up because if I do, then she's not going to say, apologize the way I'd like for her to apologize or she's not going to own it. So she's not going to own it. Now I'm getting it all out. She's not going to own honey. it. It's a safe place. This is, this is old. This is years ago in our marriage. Oh, it creeps in every now and then, but not as much now. Um, for a long time, literally, I would say something, and Onika would try to explain why she did something to me, okay? So, uh, and I did something to you, like dramatic. Oh, not dramatic. Yeah, just you know, hurt my feelings, hurt my feelings. Hurt my, see, yeah, she's explaining it right now. Honey, just own it. Context, context. So <laughs> she, she would explain, oh, this is why I did what I did. And I'm going, I don't care why you did it. You did it, so if you could just apologize for it, that would be great. And she's like, well, if I explain it, then why would I have to apologize? Because you know I didn't mean to do it. So around and around and around and around for the first 20 years of our marriage, we... uh, Kidding. That is not even close to the truth. couple years. That's an exaggeration. Uh, So we, we talked through this, and eventually I realized... Even though I, I think I can manage it and stuff it in, mm-hmm. it would actually creating distance yeah. between my wife and I. Yeah. And I was drifting, and I'm thinking I'm helping our marriage, and in actuality, I'm hurting it. So I want to encourage all of us, yeah. BA Oak Cliff, North Dallas, every single one of us, White Rock, I want to encourage all of us. Let's make sure we're very, very intentional to have the courage to do the hard thing. And ask God for the grace to do the hard thing. Ask God for the grace to do the thing that doesn't come easy and might not come natural, but it is healthy and wise and is good and will push us forward. God is not just interested in helping you worship on Sunday. This is also part of your worship at 1130 at night when you're dealing with a friend or a co-worker or a spouse on a Thursday night. His grace is present in all of those things. Yeah, you can clap your hands for sure. I actually want to invite up Ben and uh, Casey and invite up uh, Eric and Gabby at our other locations. You guys can come to the platform. I'm going to have them close it out at our other services there. Give, give them a big old round of applause there. And for us here at White Rock, again, I, I, we've we got other questions here. And I think we'll just go through some of these on Instagram live uh, tomorrow or on Tuesday or Facebook live or something like that and, and go through a bunch of these questions. Uh, but we've t- taken this time out over these last few weeks to go through relationships uh, because it's such an important part of all of our lives. And I don't care if you're 12 or if you're 22 or if you're 72. Yeah. 
all of us are, are in some relational dynamic where we're needing wisdom, help, insight, strength, and some tools to move forward. And as we said at the very beginning of this, we believe God wants every single one of our relationships to flourish. We believe he wants to be in the middle of all of these things. And if some things have been broken and out of place and out of balance in your life, uh, we pray over these last five weeks as we've walked through this uh, series that your heart has been encouraged in some way and you grabbed a hold of some truth that you would be willing to take a step of faith and say, God, I'll trust you with this hard thing. Anytime you want to grow, expect opposition. Anytime you want to be better, expect for it to be hard. Anytime you want to develop, expect for there to be resistance. It comes with the territory, but it's the thing that helps you become and mature into who God is calling you to be. So we are in your corner 110%. That's why we have connect groups. That's why we have serve teams. That's why we're trying to be the most life-giving church we can possibly be because we know there are real people's lives on the other side of your yes. Uh, honey, I'm not sure. Uh, I know you've been battling so many uh, allergies and things, but anything you want to say uh, to close us out before I pray for all of us? Yeah, just that we sincerely love you. We pray for you every single week. We know that God is not done with any of us, and we are honored to get to share part of our story with you. We don't profess to have it figured out or to be perfect, like I said, but I'm praying that something that we said today, you'll be able to apply when you get home today. You'll be able to apply with your roommate, with your coworker, with this fellow student. We're believing God that he's going to take this seed that we sowed into each of you and create a supernatural harvest. Yeah. Uh, let's pray together. If you want to bow your heads, friends, balcony, floor. God, we thank you so much for your grace that's here. And we know many of us are walking through some brokenness and some difficulties, and many of us have some luggage from our past that we've been carrying for quite some time. But we know your grace is sufficient and your power is made perfect in weakness. So where we feel we don't measure up, where we feel we don't have it all together, we thank you that you get to fill in that gap. And God, we lay our hearts and our lives down to you. For those in here who have dealt with some traumatic abuse, Thank you that your healing is here. For those here that have some terrible self-talk, thank you that your healing is here. Those of us who cannot see you clearly, thank you that your healing is here. So would you touch our eyes? Would you touch our mind? Would you touch our hearts? Would you touch every part of us and help us become the men and women you called for us to be? I speak life and restoration over all of our relationships. In Jesus' name. If you wouldn't mind, keep your heads bowed just for a moment, my friends. Those of you who are followers of Jesus, this is your moment to pray for those in the room who aren't. And maybe even those who are watching online right now who aren't. I want you to know God's love for you is real. There's nothing you can do to change it. There's nothing you can do to erase it. He's been pursuing you your entire life. And he brought you to this moment right here to say he wants your entire heart your entire life. In this moment, I'm not asking, do you believe in God? I'm not asking, do you own a Bible? I'm not asking, have you been confirmed or were you baptized? I'm asking, have you surrendered your heart and your life to Christ? You may have been raised in church, but you've never followed Jesus. If that's you here today, you've never given your heart and your life to Christ. 
or one point in time you didn't, you slipped away, and today you want to surrender or re-surrender your life to serving him. I'm going to ask you to do something simple but something incredibly bold. On the count of three, I literally want you to shoot your hand in the air and say, yes, that's me. I want to give my heart and my life to Christ. Ready? One, two, three. Just shoot your hand in the air. You're saying, yes, that's me. I want to give my heart and my life to Christ. Thank you so much, friends. Thank you. Thank you so much for raising your hand. Thank you. Just lift it up high. You're saying, yes, that's me. Just you responding to the grace of God. New life, new hope, fresh beginning. I'm going to ask everyone in this room, everyone even watching online, do me a favor, put your hand over your heart if you would not mind. I'm going to ask all of us to repeat this prayer out loud after me. Say, dear Jesus, I ask you to forgive me of all my sins. I admit I've made mistakes. And today, I give you my heart. I give you my life. Give me the power to live for you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Let's lift our heads up, clap our hands with enthusiasm. Come on, church family. Come on, come on.